This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to I See Why Am I. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And it is officially Mariah Carey season. To be clear, it is always Mariah season in the Hampton household. Always be my baby will always be a bop. My all. It's my everything. But now that spooky season has officially ended, it's now time for the rest of y'all to get on the train and celebrate Mariah's season. And to usher in good tidings of great joy, the queen of Christmas herself has blessed us with what might be the most iconic video that I feel I must share with all of you. So what's happening in this video at the beginning is Mariah Carey, instead of riding a broomstick, is riding a exercise bike. And the days of October are ticking down around her. She's in all black. And then we hit November 1st and she transitions into that high note and into her Christmas wear. The hashtag is hashtag Mariah season. And you know what? She's right. Unfortunately, that is all the good news we have for today. Because, in case you missed it, things are a little bit grim right now. Elon Musk is charging real American dollars for verification. Starting next week, the sun will be setting before 5 p.m. here in New York. The word midterm sends me into an existential crisis. And after being banned from almost every single social media platform, Andrew Tate is still making bank. And that's what today's show is about. Not daylight savings, which should be abolished, but Andrew Tate. This past summer was the first time a lot of the world was exposed to the former professional kickboxer and self-described misogynist. Yes, he self-describes as misogynist. You can guess where this is going. He rose to prominence espousing heinous views about women, like they belong in the home, they can't drive, and are a man's property, to name a few. While it is true that I can't drive, I don't think that has anything to do with me being a woman. A large portion of his audience are children, and teachers have warned that his content is radicalizing a generation of school children into bigotry. It's, again, grim. We actually spent a long time in this show trying to figure out how to cover Tate without playing or elevating any of his content. And then in August, as we were debating, the choice was made for us because Tate was deplatformed by Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. As I said before on the show, I'm a fan of deplatforming. I think it works. However... I did wonder what would happen to Tate's audience once his content wasn't as freely accessible. And a new BuzzFeed investigation by Ikran Dahir answered my question in the worst possible fashion by suggesting that rather than silo Tate, 
What deplatforming did was offer a financial boon by driving his supporters to enroll in his Hustlers University. Yes, that is the real name. After a short break, I will be back to talk with Ikran about Hustlers University, deep platforming, and who the next Andrew Tate might be. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. And we're back with BuzzFeed Internet Culture Reporter Ikren Dahir, who recently wrote an incredible piece on Andrew Tate, who our UK listeners might actually recognize from Big Brother. Ikren, welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Okay, so my first question is very important, which is, are you going to stay on Twitter now that Elon Musk is officially in charge? Yeah. My side of Twitter was essentially just stand Twitter anyway. I'm in this, like, bubble away from the media Twitter that's, like, insanely angry about it. It is. I mean, it it affects me, like, with, like, I guess the increase of the N-word and stuff like that. So I'm not looking forward to potential doxing, but I'll definitely not be paying. That was my next question. Are you going to pay $4.99 to stay verified? <laughs> $4.99 a month to stay verified. I do not care. Impersonate me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the theme of the show today is apparently terrible men because we're here to talk about a piece you wrote called Andrew Tate's Hustlers University 2.0 has made at least $11 million in just one month. First, this was a phenomenal piece. Um, second, I do have to ask, are you okay? Um, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, I'm good. I remember at one point, like, telling a friend, like, if I was more impressionable, I would probably not be okay. But I think having had the experience of just being in, like, the worst places on the internet, I've made it out fine. It was very easy to separate from reality. But I, I could see what the appeal was, definitely. Because they were all, like, good friends in a way, even though they were complete strangers. Just like mm. a fandom. They yeah. thought in the same way. They planned things in the same way. And I guess it at one point it was very, like, energetic. But as he was, like, deplatformed, 
and times went on, it just sort of died down. But yeah, I did the courses. Okay, we're definitely going to get into the courses. But before we do that, how would you kind of describe Andrew Tate's like whole thing? How is he different from like a Joe Rogan or a Jordan Peterson? Um, I think he has no real political alignment in a way. And he doesn't actually have a personal stance on things, as it seems. He just acts in a way that's considered macho and traditionally male and something just that a lot of guys can look up to and try to become. Sometimes it just appears he's just speaking in clickbait in a way. Like he says like the wildest thing. And unless you listen, you'll never realise he doesn't actually mean the crazy wild thing but everyone else is so captivated by the wild thing he says that they fixate on that and they end up believing in that way and they possess those behaviors and sometimes I just think maybe his following is more dangerous than him Mm, could you give an example of like the wild thing that he says that he may or may not believe in well I guess he probably does believe that women should cook (laughs) but I don't think he probably sees it as a be all and end all of cooking of making food because in his videos it seems as if if you cook you're losing time time that you could be using to be rich mm-hmm. and i'm sure i'm pretty sure he's making like a pasta or two there's just no way <laughs> <laughs> there's no way he hasn't made a single meal in his life exactly there's no way there's yeah. no way he's always getting takeout or getting a woman to cook I mean, the amount of money that you said that he made, maybe he's True. always getting takeout. Oh my God. DoorDash is just stacking up. <laughs> he has his own personal DoorDash person. Probably. I mean, so, he flew over a car because he got banned off Uber to Dubai. What do you mean he flew over a car? Like a Bugatti? I don't know even know how to say it. That's how broke I am. <laughs> but <laughs> he flew over from Europe to Dubai because he his post on the right-wing social media app was like, I got banned off Uber, so I bought my own car. And it was like a picture of the car and like the flight route, a screenshot of it. And I was like, <laughs> is this how the rich live? <laughs> Apparently, just shipping cars across country, across borders. Insane. Didn't even know that was possible. You know, everything's possible when you have money. So besides... <laughs> I guess getting rich seems to be his main kind of export. What other, what's his ideology that his followers are really kind of espousing? Um, That they live in the matrix and they need to make their way out. And it's the matrix that's enslaving them and preventing them from being rich. They're a wage slave brokey because they're stuck in the matrix. But if they do what he does and has like a gazillion side hustles, you too can be rich. You too can break out the matrix. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole new thing that's like after Hustles University is like a campaign, like a a call out to, or it's not really men. He doesn't specify men really, but he talks about being a man and becoming rich a lot. So I guess that's why he attracts the male generations but it's literally just like sign up for $49 now or you'll be paying 129 later. Oh, okay. 
And before we get into that, how did you first start like reporting the story? How long have you been following Tate as a figure? In general, I heard about Tate like in March mm-hmm. of this year. I mean, I knew he existed in like the UK celeb Big Brother and stuff like that years mm. ago. Yeah. But I didn't pay attention to him like all these young men have until March, which is when a few of my friends would like send a video like, look what this guy is saying on TikTok. But I didn't associate his face with his name until mm. like much later down the month. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the same guy over and over. And he's going crazy viral, but it's not on his own account. Like what's happening here? That's when I connect to the dots that it was like a bunch of men using affiliate marketing schemes to try and get their own money by posting him and then having like their bio with like a referral thing just to later explain how they do that and it's just so it's kind of fascinating I guess and it's a very cheap way of marketing it's Mm -hmm. not a billboard it's It's free free. yeah (laughs) in fact you're getting money from people exactly market you because it's 49 dollars a month and then you wrote that much of the content featuring Tate that went viral across platforms this summer was created as free advertising by those in Hustlers University 2.0. So people are enrolling in Hustlers University for $49.99, and part of the courses is creating marketing, which is how the rest of us found out about him. Is that right? Yeah, so that part of his server was like, before I joined, but it was apparently called like affiliate marketing and they would join it, download videos, learn how to edit. And then they would just post these like incredibly edited videos and they're edited kind of like meme crack videos, like, you know, with the text and like dramatic music and the zoom ins and very much like a, almost like a fan cam. Yeah. It's just like, there's just billions of tape fan cams <laughs> on the internet. And it's weird because that is how he ended up losing everything. Like, he doesn't mm. have access to most of the world anymore because that did so well. It's it's interesting. I wonder if, if he didn't have that part of his marketing, would he have still been on the internet? Possibly. What do you mean that, that w- that's what ultimately led to his downfall? Because he was being so viral, it, it kind of, like, brought him into the spotlight more. He mm-hmm. became a name to go after. You also wrote that... Going viral for being de-platform has actually been a huge financial boon for Tate. So yeah. in some ways, this this seems very counterintuitive because the way this is going is like these people are paying money to join this university. They're then making marketing for Tate. Tate then gets de-platformed because the content is so bad and people start latching onto him. And then he makes more money from being de-platformed. Yeah. 200,000 people were in the server when I left. That's a lot of people. That is. And they have to pay to be there, right? Yeah. So I can't do math that fast. But 200,000 times 49.9 a month is a lot of money. Yeah, that ended up being... The exact figure was like 200 and something. It ended up being around 11 million. And we we can't tell if they only paid for one month Mm. or if they paid for more because... He wouldn't give back to us. <laughs> he could have been even richer in our headline, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> so tell me a bit about your experience in Hustlers University. 
what were the what was the class like? What were the courses like? Um, so the most popular course was the copywriting course, and it mm-hmm. didn't need any money to start up or do anything. So that's the one I signed up to first. Um, and it was just like this man talking me through the basics of writing, um, like for marketing and how to write an email. And then as the course continues on, I think it's like eight to 10 classes. I'm not sure. But Mm. you do the survey, do the quiz. And then when you do the survey, you get like homework, aka G work. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, you can put it in the server. Or to be honest, you don't really have to do it. I didn't do any of the G work. I just looked at it like, okay, I know how to write anyway. On to the next lesson. (laughs) And towards the end they teach you how to mass market like people at the end of it are like they become professional spammers great (laughs) because they teach you how to like find the emails and then Mm -hmm. how to email this many people at the same time Mm. so is this why oh my god i'm just thinking of all the random texts i've gotten that are just spam and i'm like oh yeah hustlers university (laughs) who knows the emails most likely but the texts i think they tell them like, make sure you look into it, what the legal thing is in your country. I haven't, I have not signed up to any of the actual texting things, but that would have been insane. Can you imagine if it was like a 14 year old kid? <laughs> Just texting me. <laughs> Oprah has a new sweepstakes for you. <laughs> so there's this copywriting course. Is that all that the hustle, like, is that the only course? No. That they have? Well, so I didn't do, I had a look around like the e-commerce, Amazon, all that stuff, but it felt like I actually needed money, money. The only mm. one that I felt like I could kind of like, sneak, not sneak in, but have a look and do the courses in was the stocks one. Um, because at the end of the day, that's down to you making your own account and investing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did the lessons for that. And it's really like verbatim saying, what does this word mean? And what is that? Like, it was literally like a child being taught business in a way. Uh-huh. So if you come into the server having already done stocks, then there's no point, really. And then yeah. in the server, there was somebody giving tips on what to invest in. Mm-hmm. So once you've done that, you, once you've done like three, you were given access to the tips part of the server. Okay. Where you were able to get tips from a, one of the stocks professors. And he would like cryptically say what's becoming, what's a good investment right now and when they should drop it. Who are these professors? That's the thing. Tate claims they are all rich men earning tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand a month. Mm-hmm. And that's their qualification from, from all I know. We don't know about their degrees. It's just, it's not very clear. Is any of that money verified like how do you know that you're not just being taught by because there are children in these servers how do you not know that you're not just being taught by a 14 year old they do videos okay and so they're on video or they do like a voice ama so you know it's a grown man okay it's it's definitely they've got a voice simulator or something going on i don't know (laughs) but um it's definitely grown men but it could be his bestie from down the road like you'll never know and so are the courses the real draw of Hustlers University or is it, there's like a massive Discord server that you were talking, the one that had like 200,000 people in it. Yeah, so the general one that you join when you pay 
is the 200,000 one. Mm -hmm. And then within the server, you are linked out to other servers, depending on which topic you want to do. So if you join the copywriting one, then you've joined one with like 100,000 people and there's a general chat and you can talk about copywriting. So I think what's been really attractive for most people is probably not just the learning, but the like-minded people that they Mm. speak to. So these are like-minded people who are also making money from Hustle University and they can like talk to each other. One of the guys I interviewed says he hired people from Hustle University. So I guess... It literally is just a LinkedIn. (laughs) That's what this is sounding like more and more to me, more than a a school of any sort. Yeah, it is. What's the kind of tenor of the conversation in this Discord like? I mean, Andrew Tate blew up for most people because of like the incredibly misogynistic things that he was saying. Is that what the like Discord felt like? Um, It depends on what they were talking about. Sometimes people just seek literal very deep advice like they'll ask about a divorce or their 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 parents arguing or what people do in the gym it's so varied but every now and again someone will be like hey I want to leave I want to stop paying how do I do that Mm -hmm. and someone will reply with something like be ashamed (laughs) and other people like are you sure and then they'll just like react with like weird emojis or whatever and then that person eventually does leave, I, I think, most of the time. But otherwise, there were, like, servers for push-ups. Just people were doing push-ups and posting videos of themselves having done push-ups. So it's just <laughs> wall-to-wall videos of people doing push-ups? Yeah. And people would react with, like, the G emoji. So it's like, you know, you're a G. What's with the G? <laughs> well, Andrew Tate is top G. Of course he is. Yes, and they all <laughs> want to be top G's. And so they... <sighs> this is their quest on how to become a top G. I'm learning so much about how to become a top G, but I do think we need to take a quick break afterwards. We'll be back to talk more about Andrew Tate, his schemes, and the community he has built. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, y'all. If you love our podcast, and I really hope you do, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including your favorite one, in case you missed it. You'll be supporting the show. ICYMI would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. And you also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, Mom and Dad are Fighting, and Big Mood, Little Mood. And you will also get unlimited reading on the Slate website, which means you get access to every single article and advice column without ever, ever, ever hitting the paywall. Just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That is slate.com slash ICYMI plus.
And we're back. So we've been talking about the kind of business of, I don't even know how you would describe it, masculinity influencer, Andrew Tate. But I think we should maybe get more into the people who are actually paying real dollars to listen to him. The thing about Andrew Tate and his followers is that like when you think about it too hard, it's like kind of terrifying. But when you describe it, it sounds so funny. It's funny, but it's low-key sad. Sometimes I was reading it like, do you guys have real life friends? Do you need therapy? I mean, in a lot of ways, this feels like it's substituting in for community. And I mean, famously, men are lonelier than ever. And communities like these are filling the gap of real life relationships. But it's also like, what are you finding here? Like advice on how to invest in NFTs and push-ups? Yeah, it's, I guess, COVID and lockdown has made people like more isolated than ever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that used to exist event-wise just don't exist anymore. I guess men don't really go up to other men to be friends, maybe. But they do it online on the server all the time. And it was kind of wholesome in a way, seeing them become friends. And then it was also at the same time like, do you all share these views or do you not? I remember at one point someone being like, are there women in the server? <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, are there? Because I, I didn't see any. If they were, they were in disguise. I mean, that makes sense. I don't know what it would... If you're being shamed for leaving, I don't know what it would like to be a woman on one of these servers. You can leave quietly. Just like click the unsubscribe link. But I guess teenagers kind of want clarity on how to do these things. Um that's a yeah. good place to there are actual children in this discord right like you encountered real life children yeah there were kids saying things like hey my parents think i have been like brainwashed by an influencer so they want me to leave what should i do and they were all like yeah just leave you know like <laughs> it's fine just try learn as much as you can they were actually very encouraging and nice or like when they had um in the uk we have this thing called gcse results day mm-hmm. and 16 year olds get their exam grades mm-hmm. and some of them would be like oh i don't know if i should continue on to like college and stuff i don't know if i should stay in education and then they'll be like you should stay in education get <laughs> get your degree keep learning and it was just like oh they really mean well sometimes <laughs> This is kind of the opposite of what I expected after reading your piece. (laughs) There are strange things on there, but I, like, on the last day, discovered there was a NoFap server. I guess, obviously, that's not something I would have thought about, Mm -hmm. like, when I was looking around. But I was just like, oh, wow. Wait, a NoFap server? Fap. Fap. (laughs) (laughs) Because of all the words I was searching (laughs) to see what people were talking about, that's... That's, that was like the last on my mind. Yeah, that's fair. Um, could you explain what that server is for our audience? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm dead. Um, it's where men are encouraging each other not to masturbate. For what purpose? To uh, ensure that they are clean and organic, intact, kind of. I don't know how to like really describe it, but they believe that it's immoral. And they're losing, I guess, kids. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that's as good of an explanation we're going to get about NoFap because that it doesn't 
like most things don't doesn't really make sense in terms yeah. of like a coherent ideology. Um, I'm curious since you you saw how big this Discord got after he was deplatformed. Do you think deplatforming works like as a method? Yes and no because if you don't deplatform someone, it's easier to monitor them. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, social media companies can drop the ball. Like, look at January 6th, like, the party mm-hmm. that was all over Facebook. That's that's wild. Yeah. guess we yeah. will never know what happens on pockets of the internet, like, especially now we have Twitter communities. Like, I'm mm-hmm. in one and I can tweet and no one can see what I'm tweeting on my timeline. Which So mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. It's like a secret bubble. Yeah. <laughs> it's There's no winning. I do think people li- literally, some people were like, who is he when he got deplatformed? Yeah. It is. When he got deplatformed, that was kind of the moment that he, I had been keeping up and we had been trying to figure out how we we're going to cover him, cover him on the show without basically elevating what he was saying. And my primary question when he got deplatformed was, is this just going to activate his audience more? And kind of silo them in a place where most people can't see what's happening. And that seems to be exactly what has happened. And that almost seems worse than it being out in the open. Yeah. But I guess there are ways of keeping tabs on those circles too. It's It doesn't seem like it's too hard mm. to be infiltrated. But that's also a lot of work. And, and just hoping that they don't do anything criminal. <laughs> Here's hoping. Honestly. Well, I mean, I feel like there's like some good eggs in there that sometimes question some of the things that are said. So maybe that that will happen. Mm. Because at one point when loads of people left after Take got deplatformed and affiliate marketing was like, they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Some people turned out they were just there for the affiliate marketing. They didn't really care about anything. Mm-hmm. And other people left because they realized they didn't actually agree with anything that was happening. So when he first got deplatformed, there was a drop off in numbers. Yeah. And then it increased. Yes. It massively increased after when people realized because um when I tried to join, you couldn't join. So there would be like a countdown. Oh. There was like a countdown and it was like there are no spots available. Mm-hmm. So you had like little spots come up. So I literally had to wait every day. I was like refreshing. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> literally. So I can imagine that he get, like gradually let people in mm-hmm. and that's what led to like the exclusivity of it must have made people sign up. Mm. But it does look like he himself isn't on the server and I don't know if it's to prepare for the big move for the new HU 3.0 slash the real world or if he left to not ruin what HU have. Because I can imagine that it would get shut down if he stayed in. That would make sense if all these other platforms are deplatforming him, that him being present would make that Discord um, untouchable. You said the next phase? Yes. It's called The Real World, and he really lays into the whole Morpheus, um, Red Pill, Blue Pill, Matrix messaging. Um, that's going to be on Telegram. So Great. They, they believe they'll be able to speak on there more freely. Mm. The the users of the server, because they were all like, why are we going there? And then people are like, that's because we can speak more freely. And I'm just thinking, hmm, this is 
starting to sound scary now. It's so the the real world. What else does it entail besides t- moving to Telegram from Discord? Um, I guess in the same way they'll have um, the whole servers separated into teaching them things. Mm-hmm. There is already a thing he has on Telegram, and it's called the War Room. That costs about five thousand dollars to join. Full stop. You just pay $5,000 to enter this telegram room? Yeah. And you get... Access to him and other millionaires. So I have this suspicion that that is going to be converted into what will be the real world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what's next for Andrew Tate. Who do you think is the next Andrew Tate? I think, in a weird way, there's going to be one for women. Oh. No, that doesn't seem weird to me. The way Gen Z are like switching, it's not just the men, it's the girls too. They're all like, I want to be a a traditional housewife and I want to learn how to use my femininity to get rich. Mm -hmm. I want to live the soft life. The soft life, but try really hard. It seems like a lot of work to live a soft life. Exactly. But I think that, that messaging of, I don't want to work. How do I get there financially? I think mm-hmm. I think there will be a woman somehow that will convince girls the same thing. No, that makes sense to me. That's terrifying, but that makes sense to me. What's something you came across in reporting for the story that did make its way into the final piece? Oh my God, so much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me everything. So when Andrew Tate sends out his emails, mm-hmm. he signs them with like things he's trying to sell or whatever. And recently, he's been signing it off with like $10 to get advice for five minutes from select individuals selected by him. Oh, so not even him. I guess randomly it could be him. <laughs> but yeah, that's the whole other industry. Ten, wait, he's, wait, $10 for five minutes? For five minutes. <sighs> he might be a genius. He, honestly, he is a genius. And just before he launched that, he posted this video of of this, I don't know if he's a kid or just a young man, of him saying he emailed Tate for advice. And Tate replied. So he's, he's answering fan mail personally. I mean, what else does he have to do? He's making $11 million a month. True, he has all these side hustles making money for him. And also, when they announced that um, the affiliate marketing scheme was op- over. Mm-hmm. To lessen the blow on the students, they told them they would buy their accounts. Like their, the Twitter and like Instagram accounts they had made? Yeah. So like these TikTok accounts that were like disseminating all of this Andrew Tate content, they're offering to buy them? Yep. Did anybody take them up on this? People were asking like, how do we get in touch? So I think they have, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a brilliant grift. This is, this is... Honestly... <laughs> I really came into this interview being like, Andrew Tate's an idiot. And now I'm like, I think he's so smart, but also so terrible. Him and his whole team, they must have just sat down and thought of all these ways. Because even if it failed, it wouldn't have cost a penny. Like, Discord is free. Yeah. This costs them nothing to do. Well, that's a great place to end. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to go think about the genius of this for a long time (laughs) 
honestly, maybe we just need to think of a way to make money. Mm-hmm. No, I'll hit you up after this. We can we can launch our own Hustlers Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that was BuzzFeed's Ikran Dahir, and her piece is called Andrew Tate's Hustlers University 2.0 has made at least $11 million in just one month. You should definitely read it. All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss an interview with an incredible journalist, to never miss another, you know harbinger of the end of the world like andrew tate please leave a rating and review on apple or spotify and tell your friends about us you can follow us on twitter at icym underscore pod which is also where you can dm us your questions and you can also always drop us a note at icymyatslate.com ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and me, Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of Audio. See you online or in the Matrix. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.